The Cambridgeshire Midweek Football Show on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Cambridgeshire Football Association promoting football at all levels across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Let's get straight to United then. And Tim Armitage and Jose Lima of Cambridge United Football join us in the studio. Thanks for coming on the show, both for you. What are your thoughts on, <laughs> on Mr Bond? Let's start with you then, Tim. Happy with, with Bond as a point? What was your reaction when you heard the news? Uh, I, I, I guess at the end of the day it was, well, we all knew that was coming. Um, I, I this think- early? Yeah, I think I think uh, uh, the appointment's actually at the right time. I think you've got to give you've got to give him whoever was going to come in. You needed them to see the players. You needed them to be able to work with uh, the club to uh, select a squad for next season. There's a lot of players coming out of contract. Who we're going to keep? Who we're not going to keep? Now, I suppose you can look at it and say, well, given it's Bonner, we didn't need to do it this early because uh, you know he he knows all of that. But I don't think it changes anything. I think you know you get 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 him in. If he's going to be the manager, then get him in place. Uh, end the uncertainty. Uh, let people figure out what's going on. Let people get used to the idea. And uh, you know it, it is what it is. Is it is he the right appointment? I've got to be very careful. I'm going to the press conference tomorrow <laughs> to talk. I I I, I think <laughs> you you can look at it one of two ways. He's had lots of uh, experience in waiting of League Two, so I think people who say he's got no experience uh, are wrong. I think you know you look at it. A lot of people say he's been part of the problem. Um, I, I guess the assistant coach must take some of the responsibility, but ultimately the head coach carries the can, as should some of the others uh, higher up the club potentially. Um, so I'm not sure that I tar him with that bu- that with that particular brush. Um, is it too soon for him to be manager? Well, you've got a break in at some stage. There are a lot of very good young managers, so you know I'm not sure that that's that's an argument. Is he the right person for the job? Well. You've seen many high-profile managers, fa- uh, you know, fail at bigger and better clubs than uh, United. I think whoever you pick, it's always a gamble. Um, you know, we know who Bonner is. We know what he can do. We, we've seen what he can do. Whether it's new manager bounce or not, it, it, it was a change in the way we played. The concerning thing is, it's gone back to where we were a little bit over the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. But you know, I. I, I, I'm glad that uh, there's there's been initial reaction on uh, social media, and I, I'm actually you were saying you were surprised it's it's more it's so mm. negative. I, I'm surprised it's actually as positive <laughs> as it is. I thought that we were going to go into meltdown when it was announced, but I think people have taken the pragmatic view that we all knew it was fairly fairly sure it was going to happen, and therefore whether it's the right appointment or, or not, it, it's it's irrelevant. You've just got to get on with supporting the team. Uh, my only concern is that if he doesn't finish the season strong, then he'll start next year with people on a big downer on him. So it, it, it's a difficult position for him. I don't envy him at all. <laughs> Josie, as a used fan, what's your take on it? I'm not sure I can add much to that, but I, I, <laughs> I, th- I think is you know at, at some point you have to you have to get someone in, and and you know Bonner has, has been there as um or as a man in charge for for quite a few weeks now, and and it. Again, I'm not I'm not an expert in calling it the right time or not, but at least there's someone that knows the club inside out and knows what the challenges are, uh, and I guess he knows the players as well, which is the the main thing, really. I have to say, when speaking to him at the press conference um, on Tuesday, which it was, unveiling him as the the new head coach, it was like like a, a kid at Christmas or like a a puppy. He was <laughs> seemed very excited. It's- 
and you you couldn't help but feel happy for him. He's he's kept he's kept it very quiet as he's he's ducked the question all the time about yeah, yeah. whether he wants to do it. But I think it, it was always fairly obvious he wanted to do it. I mean, and and good on him because if he said he didn't, you'd wonder whether mm. he was if he was the right person to stay as assistant manager if he hadn't got that ambition mm. to take the step up. Um, so you know, I, I I think you know let's 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 accept it for what it is um, and let's get on with it. Put the support behind him. He's got he's been promised money to build a squad and that's going to be the key thing is what 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 does him and what what do him and ben strang do with that money how do we invest who do we retain who do we look for uh, new players for because that's going to be the key thing and uh, you know my 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 only concern and it, it wouldn't matter who was coming in my only concern is you know as long as we're not talking about the same the same problem in uh, uh, 12 to 18 months mm. time having spent money on it because you know then it then it becomes more difficult there's probably no second round of funding unless the first one <laughs> first one works successfully exactly i imagine the crux of the debate and we'll come on to that after we hear from bonner's press conference is mainly about the structure we often said obviously you want a good manager but it doesn't particularly matter if the structure beneath them is is the problem then it's not going to change whoever so we'll come on to that later on but let's hear from Bonner at his press conference unveiling as the new head coach of Cambridge United of course Bonner's been at the club I think he said he first arrived at the club back in 2002 as a 16 year old it's been a long time since then but as I said speaking on Tuesday he seemed a very very happy man indeed it's a really proud day for me and, and I'm, I'm delighted to be given the opportunity to you know, deliver the club's vision and the owner's vision and, and to be shown some belief that I, uh, I'm the man to deliver that and, and I'm really proud of that opportunity and that soon is, soon is overridden by an understanding of what an awesome responsibility it is to deliver on the goals that the owner has set out and, and that I strongly believe in to, to you know, build a team that we can all be proud of, that, that shows an attacking intent um, to develop and continue to improve our, our young players and the integration of those into the first team squad and to improve our training facilities and environment of the first team. It's a, it's a massive challenge and uh, one that I'm really looking forward to undertaking. Do you remember the very first day you walked in at this football club? Because it would, would be a while ago. Yeah, it would. Uh, depends which spell you're talking. <laughs> uh, I've been here a couple of times as a, as a member of staff and, and maybe you're talking about walking into the stands as a young boy as well. So a, a number of times I've, I've walked in for the first time, if you like. Um, but this is the best one. This is the best one. This is the chance that I've, uh, I've really looked forward to having and, and I'm going to give it everything I've got. Uh, I think I can unite a group of staff behind that same vision um, and build a team that people will be proud of. And that's no mean feat. That's a really difficult task. It's going to take time. Um, but I believe in my ability to do it and, and I believe there's lots of people here already that, that really want to make that happen too. In terms of the structure and the relationships and how you move forward, how much do you see changing over the coming weeks and months? How much needs to be done? In terms of the structure, I think we've, um, you know, Paul Barry's outlined in the in the statement the the way in which we're moving forwards, and I think it's really important that the owner um, highlights the structure that he feels is the right one going forward, and I completely agree with it. Um, I believe, as as head coach of the team, it's it's very it's very difficult to look beyond four or five days time when, you, when you're trying to prepare a team and um, and those short term games come around so fast 
Um, I need to be fully focused on that. Uh, ben Strang's role alongside uh, me and, and we work in partnership driving forward the football vision of the club has a number of longer term projects that he looks after and we work together to, to develop a team. So I'm really comfortable with it. It makes complete sense that you have someone looking after the day-to-day -day football team and someone who looks after those longer term projects around the academy, around the St. Neots project, around the development of the training facilities and so on. And, and I think it's a partnership that can work really well. And in terms of the structure as well, I think it's been a head coach structure since Sean came in in 2015 and on paper you'd say it hasn't worked with the last three coaches. What makes you feel that you can be the man who sort of makes that structure work and, and guides the club forward? I think really importantly it's, it's crucial to think that uh, nothing's achieved by one person on their own and, and we have to work as teams here. I think we've got a real united setup. I think myself and Ben will work in partnership brilliantly and, and be able to carry forward a vision that we both share. Um, we will challenge each other massively and, and we're quite comfortable falling out with one another too. So we won't agree on everything, but fundamentally we've got the club at our core um, and we share a vision of driving this club forward and, and I think we can work together brilliantly. I'm really comfortable with the structure. I'm really comfortable working with Ben. I think he's got exceptional skills that he offers us um, and will be a huge supporter for me in the shorter term of, of managing the team and, and to the owner in the longer term vision of the club. So uh, I'm really comfortable with it. I, I think it can work. I, I believe it will work. Um, and I know that it will be very, you'd be very hard pushed to find two people driving a football club department um, that would work harder and more committed than we will. Clearly one area that will be crucial come the summer is recruitment. We've heard Paul Barry say there might be a bit more money in terms of the playing budget. I guess probably not running into several millions though. Well, it's important that we, um, we know where we stand with that. And, and I, I think, you know, the owner's made clear his ambitions. You know, we're, we're not here to just um, float along. We want to be ambitious, we want to be better, we want to improve. Part of that improvement will be improving the squad and, and uh, bringing new players and, and fresh blood to the team. And, and that's an important process that we'll, we'll go through. Um, resources matter, but being resourceful is most important. You know, how we spend any money that we've got, any budget that we've got, that we get a well-balanced squad that has match-winning players in it is, is what we've got to try and build. And we'll work really hard to do that. Um, but like the owner, I and myself and Ben will are ambitious. We want, to, we want to do well. We want to put a team on the pitch that people can be proud of and are excited by. In terms of recruitment for the summer, will it be something that you and Ben will work with collaboratively or is it the final say, come yourself as head coach? Yeah, we'll work together, absolutely. Um, that, that's how we'll work with everything in terms of identifying players, in terms of um, negotiating with players and agents and, and all those bits and pieces. But make no mistake, um, the team will play how I want them to and the players that we sign will be my final decision. So we'll work together on everything. Um, but I'm leading this football team and, and everything that that encompasses. Are you wary at all of comparisons with Joe Dunn? Because clearly people will look at Joe having been in caretaker charge, things having gone well, and then it, it didn't go to plan the next season. I'm not wary, but I understand why people would be. It's a, a logical... Um, step to take in your mind. I, I understand that. Uh, Joe's someone I've got real respect for, really enjoyed working with. He's an excellent coach. Um, and, you know, things didn't work out. But I, I feel like we've come a long way as a club since that period. I, I think there's real um, clarity in the ownership of the club and, and, and the owner set a real strong vision as to what he wants to, to deliver. And, and, and I'm delighted that I can play a leading role in that. And, and make no mistake, I'm my own man. You know, I've got my own ideas. I've got my own way of, of doing things and, and I'll do it my way. And I guess one of the first things in your intray is to sort out your assistant manager or assistant head coach moving forward. How are you getting on with that? Yeah, that's a, a, a 
process that is undergoing now myself and Ben are working really hard on that um, and that'll be something that continues over the next period of time we don't really want to put a time scale on that I guess similarly to uh, this situation now we've got that little bit of breathing space to make sure we get the right person you know not just the not just the quickest fix and the easiest one and we have to explore making sure we find someone that's got um, complementary skills to me and experiences that I perhaps haven't got and, and whoever becomes part of this player or coach, they've got to buy into what we're trying to create here. And we want a culture that is of the highest standards and the highest work ethic first and, and puts the team before anything else. And I think if we do that, we've got a real chance of having a collaboration here that drives this club forward, which is what everybody wants to see. The Cambridgeshire Midweek Football Show on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Cambridgeshire Football Association, promoting football at all levels across the city and South Cambridgeshire. That was Mark Bonner, the new Cambridge United head coach, permanent head coach as of Monday afternoon. He will be taking charge his first game as permanent boss on Saturday at home to Cheltenham. Tim, what, what did you take from that that interview? I guess there's always the sentimental stuff, how it's nice that you know, a man who's been at the club since yeah. 2002 has, has got the job and you could lead with that. But equally, he, he really did clarify a number of key points there around structure and recruitment. Well, he's going to say he's, he's he's fully in line with the structure of the club. Mm. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, there's never been any there's there's never been any doubt in my mind his enthusiasm for the job. Um, there's never been any doubt in my mind that he will give the club a hundred percent. So from 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 that from that perspective, you you can't argue with it. Uh, as I said, I mean, you know, is he too young? Well, he it is what it, it is what it is. He's got to gain experience and he's done that and at some point he's got to take over somewhere and if here is the place to take over that's fine I, I, I'm sure he is wary of the Joe Dunn thing because it would be an odd thing if it hadn't crossed his mind Is it worrying for you? Do you I think Are you stressed about, yeah. about by it? I, I'm, not, I, I'm not stressed because of the Joe Dunn thing I think that's that's just you know a manager that looks good and then doesn't turn out to be quite as good as you think and, and of course that could happen with, uh, with Bonds but I, I'm not stressing because of that it's just interesting that if it happens again somebody's going to have to do a bit more explaining <laughs> and I think interestingly with the with the Graham Daniels move away and, and effectively Ben Strang and, uh, and Mark Bonner being it then if this doesn't work um, especially if we've invested money in playing staff and uh, and uh, it's not going well then there's kind of nowhere to hide now um, either for the structure or necessarily for the individual so mm. it's going to be I mean it, it, it's it's certainly going to expose people I think it's you know, if it works, great. If if it doesn't, I think it it won't be long before the you know before the doubters come out. I think they've agreed. You know, they've agreed to to, to bury the hatchet and uh, you know uh, support the club, which I think you have to. I think the the appointment's been made. You've got to get behind the club now, whether you like it or not. And if you're not going to get behind the club, now's the time to walk away from it. Mm. Um, I don't think it does any good sniping at the manager from day one. I think he's got to prove himself, and people have got to give him time to prove himself. Um, so you know pre-season uh, and acquisitions over the summer I think that's where he's going to prove himself and uh, we're going to come back with a strong squad hopefully hopefully so we'll come on to the structure in more detail in about three or four minutes time after the travel and the as Jose just before we head off to the roads what do you think that his long-term plan should be for Bonner where should he be aiming should he be aiming league one or should he just be thinking next season let's have a good season Oh, it's going to be League One, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. If I think if his ambition was just to stay in, in League Two, I, I, I'd hope he he wouldn't he wouldn't have made the step up. I think. <laughs> yeah. So, and and for next season, is it just a case of 
I guess Cambridge United fans will hate me for saying this, but consolidation because they've been doing that every year since yeah, I, I, since 2014. I think you can't carry on consolidating. <laughs> there comes a point where consolidation is lack of ambition, and I think you know it, 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 we're right. If if there's going to be money spent, this could be the year. Um, above all years that we're in a position to do it so you know if everything goes right I think he's got to you know if if you're a League 2 manager you want to be in League 1 if you're a League 1 manager you want to be in the Championship so you know I, I would I would hope and I'm sure in his mind he knows he, he believes he can take uh, you know Cambridge United to a League 1 club if everything else is going to work out so we'll see what happens but certainly that's got to be his ambition Mark mentioned his assistant there it seems sensible that it has to be someone with a bit more experience in terms of playing football and probably coaching football than Mark's got. Yeah, and he said so. You know, he's looking for someone to fill fill the gaps in uh, in his experience. Um, so you'd expect him to be picking someone, um, you know, somebody a little bit older perhaps than him who's been around a bit more. Um, interesting to see who that might be. You know, I still think if if Bonds was the obvious choice for manager of eventually, or sorry, head coach, then I, I you know, I, I'll, I'll put I'll put my uh, fiver on uh, Barry Cor to be assistant manager. Um, he wasn't given too much away early, didn't he? Yeah, didn't I, seem like it, he was. It's, it's just early. you know, you kind of think, well, okay, you know, there, there, there's probably an arrangement to be made there, um, assistant at one and manager of the other. Um, but uh, you know, who knows? Um, I, I guess he's excluded Tom Pell uh, from the uh, from the race because I don't think he could claim that that was a, an appointment with uh, experience that he doesn't possess, or at least not in the right direction. Not, not uh, you know, more experience of league football. So I, you know, I, I guess they'll go out and look, and uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who they can find who wants to work, um, you know, in the structure underneath uh, a young manager, um, a young and unproven manager. Um, so uh, yeah, we we wait with bated breath to see what happens there. So in terms of the structure, Graham Daniels has stepped down from his role as director of football and Sean Grady has returned to his role as chair of the board. So they took up additional roles, didn't they, two years ago when Dave Doggett and Jez George left in the yeah. space of a, a couple of months, they took up additional roles. That for Graham Daniels was director of football. Two years later, he has stepped down. He's gone back onto the board as a board member and community trust chair. So that leaves Ben Strang, head of football operations, which you'd probably say it's probably fair to say in most clubs that is director of football and your head coach Mark Bonnet are you happy with that two-man structure overseeing the football side of things is when we spoke a few months ago a lot about the change in structure is this the change that you envisaged and you wanted um yeah no I I, I'm still I still like the idea of a manager Mm -hmm. Um, now you know with two people there you could argue that so you know a head coach versus a manager is is probably far less of a distinction now than perhaps it was when you got a director of football a head of football operations and uh, a head coach so it may be that it works much more like that Bond certainly seems to be sure that uh, you know they're going to play the way he wants them to play and he's going to have the final say in uh, who gets signed uh, and I guess that's certainly something you look for that assurance that that's going to happen because you don't want that to be interfered with because you know you're putting your job on the line without the you know without the authority to do things or without the final say then you know I'm not sure that you'd want to take that job um, as I say I think with uh, Graham Daniels uh, stepping down from director of football it does make the structure clearer um, it makes it more transparent um, and it means that uh, success or failure is now accountable uh, by two people and I think it 
if you get rid of if it doesn't work in the same way as the last few appointments haven't worked then i think you know it makes it even more difficult to then move forward with uh, you know the people that are in place um whether that's a good thing or a bad thing you know as i say people will make their own minds up about that and if it works i suspect they'll think it's a perfectly okay thing <laughs> i guess what you're saying is it's they're not if they do have to sack them you don't then have to well, you're getting rid of a whole we're getting rid of two staff effectively uh, whereas before you were just getting rid of the, the head coach and bring someone else in and it was less of a I guess of a faff of, of trying to recruit more than one person yeah I I, I mean it, it's it's just down to responsibility it's clearer who's responsible now there are two people now clearly responsible for the footballing side of the business um, one takes on the role of the you know footballing operations manager piece mm-hmm. um, and the other is actually taking charge of the team so you know it, it's clear now where we're going do you think if say we sat here in 12 months time and somebody said there's a good chance we'll be having the same conversations <laughs> about structure do you think it'll just be a case of now because it's clearer they will just get rid of the head coach and bring someone else in or do you think Ben Strang will actually have to take some some of the can for it I, I think well it depends why we fail I mean I guess I guess you've, you've got to look at it if, if if we manage to attract you know the best people the best people for the money we've got into the club and, and we all agree that you know the signings are great then you know I guess it, it, it comes down to the manager I think you know it, but it, it will be a shared responsibility they're both there in the in the firing line for it they, you know they know that so uh, um, we just we just need to see now and see see you know see what transpires over the rest of this season what the summer looks like because it's going to be an important summer if we've got money we've got to get the right people we don't want to we have a history of picking what on paper looks to be the right people and then they never seem to play for us uh, with injuries um, you know people who look like they were good and then when they come to us strangely don't seem to be able to play football anymore um, you know so uh, but then some you know especially recently some good signings that have come in and some and some very good movement in the loan market which is still going to be important to us even if we've got money we're going to need those loan players so you know I think summer is important uh, the pre-season is going to be important but but at the end of the day the only thing that really matters is the first game next season and how we kick on from there and I think in a season where we would hopefully be pushing for a League One place you know we need to get out, get out of the blocks quickly and, uh, and get some results behind us to get more and more people on board we've seen the change in the way people connect with the club as we started to win games and I think that's really key Does the squad need a an overhaul recruitment wise obviously massively Bon will want to bring his own players in yeah but is that is that due to a lack of quality or a lack of potentially character because these players have you know Cynic would say they've thrown a couple of managers under the bus now is it more of a case they need to be replaced because of that or because they're just simply not quite good enough I I think I think at the end of the day when you look at it we're a mid-table League 2 side with the personnel we've got now whether they could do better to me is irrelevant they haven't done better um so they're they're responsible for for you know where we're at ultimately you know whether you blame Calderwood and his tactics or anything else that the players are one of the ones that go out on the pitch and they have to carry part of the part of the blame for that so you know does the squad need a clear out yeah I think it does I think we've we've been a bit stale uh, apart from the loan signings because there's been no money so you know it's not it's not unexpected when you're not investing money in the playing side then it, it, it's going to go stale I think if we can spend some money wisely uh, and bring some quality players in um, then we'll offer some contracts for those that are here but I, I 
I think we'll probably end up seeing four or five people uh, and possibly more disappearing at the end of this season. It goes back to the structure, doesn't it? Because I seem to be having this conversation with me every single year about having an overhaul of the squad. <laughs> so at that point, uh, if we have this same issue every year, why why we keep getting recruitment wrong every time? Uh, well, I, I mean, again, I suppose if if we'd if we'd if we'd made uh, you know if every signing were turned out to be the next uh, Messi or uh, or Ronaldo or however, mm. then Ben Strang wouldn't be here, and uh, you know <laughs> neither would Colin Calder would he be somewhere happier, and uh, you know the chances are that Bonds wouldn't be here either. But that's not the way it works. You work on a limited budget. You've got uh, you know a, a lot of clubs competing alongside us who've got more money who've got more prospects who've got you know a, a, a structure that is more traditional at this level and I think you know that will entice players away so I think just because the interesting thing is I think just because we've got money I don't think that will necessarily make us the most attractive team to come to you know to come to there's going to be a lot of teams spending money over the summer uh, including those that come down um, and I think you know there will be other people competing for the same targets that we've got so it's going to be a hard it's going to be a hard thing to try and get the right people in for the right money mm. and uh, yeah i seem to be this, this this same sort of conversation every, every single year and i guess equally though there, there comes a point though where you have to give a manager time you can't just expect it all to happen in in one transfer window they need time to bring in the players they that, want that, to bring in that's not the, that's not the way cambridge fans i was going to say I mean, that, that doesn't happen I, you know but, that, but more so in bonner's case he's a young manager and he needs time, doesn't he? He needs time to change this squad, get it the way he wants to play. I know it's difficult in League Two. I know it is. I know it is because there's obviously the trapdoor, isn't there? That you don't want to drop down to the conference. If Cambridge have lost their first five games of the next season, then you know there might be a few people potentially you know, wanting to press the button and eject him. But yeah, but he it, needs time. It, it, every manager needs time, and and you can always argue that uh, you know did did. Uh, Calderwood get the time he needed um, given the structure and uh, the obvious friction that looking back on it now existed um, and you could argue yes or no and uh, and people will do the same with, with uh, Bonds over into next season um, will they give him enough time well they won't give him they won't give him as much time as I'm sure he'd like to have uh, before they make up their mind as to how it's going to go. And I think the difficulty is that we've seen over and over again that, you know, even when we've given people time, it, it's not worked out. So, you know, what do you do? That's so you kind of learn by your experiences. And we know, you know, past experience says, you know, we could give Derry, you know, as long as we gave Derry and it, it just never worked. And it, and it never really looked like it was going to work either. There were odd games like there were with Joe Dunn um, and that like they were with Calderwood but there's been no consistent improvement in performance where you think oh this you know we're all optimistic at the start of the, se- start of the season and I I talked about the possibility of promotion uh, last year for, for this season because of the squad we'd got um, but you know I, I think realistically you need to see a sustained improvement in the consistency and the levels that we play at we were also talking about Colin Calder possibly getting the use promoted after a brilliant run yeah. he had in October and <laughs> being under the three-year contract. So it's funny how, how things can change. Um, and, of course, at the time, we didn't think it was right to sack Colin. Who knows what will happen with the use, eh, from an egg? The Cambridgeshire Midweek Football Show on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Cambridgeshire Football Association, promoting football at all levels across the city and South Cambridgeshire. 
Yeah, welcome back to the Cambridgeshire Football Show midweek. Let's hear from St Neots Town boss Barry Corr now. And Barry Corr knew Mark Bonner, uh, the new permanent head coach of Cambridge United, when he spent some time at South End in the academy in the late 2000s. Barry Corr chatted to me earlier on this afternoon about the appointment and how he thinks it will affect the relationship between the U's and St Neots. I was happy for Mark, obviously. Um, I've known him for quite a while and um, I think it's a, a, a job he's really, he was keen to get. Um, something he's probably been working towards for quite a while. So, um, yeah, excited for him. How long have you actually known Mark? Because Mark had a spell at South End, I think, from around about the late 2000s. Did your paths cross there at all, or did you just know him from your time at United? No, no, I remember, I remember him from South End. He, he didn't work at the first team at that time. It was within the academy at South End. But I remember, um, I remember him seeing, seeing him about the place and everything. So when I came to Cambridge initially, I, I, I remember we obviously recognised each other and um so and we've known each other for quite a one a long time probably like say from South End so on and off for the last ten years and much more closely over the last five. And can you see with with his appointment to coach the first team the direction that the, the club wanted to go in, in terms of the young players and the homegrown players they're hoping to use in the future? Um yeah, yes, yeah, so absolutely. I mean he's been involved with the club for a long time. He supports the club. Uh, he knows he knows everybody. He's really aware of it. Um, I, I think it's probably a job that he's been, you know, he's he's probably got from initially working at the club, got promotion after promotion because he's been good at his job, and and it's all led to this. Um, so there is, I believe, that the new owner is is very keen to get young players into the into the team, um, and and obviously Mark knows the academy really well. He was previously the academy manager. Um, has strong relationships with everyone, with everybody that works in the club already, um, and and at the same time as well, not only just getting new team players into the squad, he's also a very good coach, and you know ultimately he'll want to win games. So I think it's an appointment with that in mind, with getting young players through, um, but also you know for the for the benefit of Cambridge, it's not just that. It's it's that I'm I'm sure the people who appointed him believe he he can be successful for uh, for Cambridge. The one thing I guess fans will potentially throw at him, um, or the appointment, is that his lack of experience in terms of playing football football professionally. Do you think, from your experience, that is an issue? I mean, I imagine you've played under a number of coaches and worked with a number of coaches who also haven't had a great deal of experience playing football. Do you think that is a stumbling block at all? Um, do you know, I'm trying to think of people that I've worked under that haven't been players, and, and I, I'm not sure I actually have. But, I, I mean, you don't need to really ask me the question. The, the, the proof is at the top level of the game, you know, with, with top managers like, you know, Mourinho, Arsene Wenger, Brendan Rodgers, um, who didn't play or didn't play at a particularly high level, and they're, they've they reached the top of the game. So um, if you know what you're, if you know what you're doing, um, I, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's a necessity. It probably does help for sure, but if it, you know, there's probably not a great correlation between top players that make top managers and vice versa. I think if you, it's just whether you know your football. So um, I don't see it being an issue really. And does this change anything with yourself and St Neitz, the the model and the connection, the relationship between Cambridge United and St Neitz? Does this change anything uh, with regards to that at all? No, I don't. I don't think so. It's still we we want to have that really strong relationship between the two clubs. 
Um, it's, I think it's really exciting. I'm really excited about it. It's, um, you know, we're we're putting things in place for next season already. It's been great for me being in there at this time as well. If, you know, starting now has given us a real, I think has been a real benefit to us for next season to get things into place, you know, so we can really hit the ground running. Um, you know, so we've had plenty of meetings about how we can, um, you know, how we can, get the most out of the, the collaboration. So um, that's really been good. And I, and like I say, it's something that I think that the owner, Paul Barry, is, is um, really keen for. And uh, and it's something that we at Cambridge are really excited about. And I think St. Neas as well. Everybody everybody seems really positive about it. So it's something that we want it to be a success. And with no disrespect to, to Colin Coldwell, the previous youth manager, but does potentially Mark Bonner's appointment make it slightly smoother, potentially slightly slicker, this relationship between the two, because Paul Barry, as you rightly said, Barry, the owner has come out and said, um, or outlined his new vision in terms of he wants Cambridge to play a number of youngsters, he wants the inclusion of homegrown players, and having Mark Bonner there, who's worked with pretty much the majority of these players at some point, whether it's in his role as assistant coach or in his academy roles as well, does that make the, the, the link between the two clubs slightly smoother, if anything? Um, yeah, but I mean, like like I mentioned, Mark knows all the players and he's known them from a young age. So that that always helps, you know, the fact that you've had exposure and seen them playing. Um, I don't think it would necessarily be too much of an issue for another manager if, if ultimately if a player is good enough, you know, you put them in the team. But it certainly helps that Mark's familiar with all of them, um, has a really good relationship with, with lots of the young players and everything. So, um, I mean, it probably does make it smoother. It's, it's certainly something we want uh, at the football club to utilise a lot more and we want to be more productive with getting the young players through because um, maybe in the past we haven't been as productive as we could. So, um, like I say, we're putting all these things that are happening with the St. Neots thing. There's lots of developments going on within the academy. You know, all of these things are happening with the you know, the end goal of getting plenty of players through. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll be seeing that in the, hopefully in the, in the short term future. Let's talk about Sunnits then, Barry. After a couple of games, you went on a decent run, a good unbeaten run of three out of, out of four games. However, you've lost your your last three on the bounce. You just seem to have hit a little bit of a of a stumbling block recently. Uh, a little bit, yeah. The results, I guess, looking at the results, you know, may, well, I'd like to think they don't paint the full picture because, you know, I've been quite positive with the performances. Um, a couple of them were away games on really difficult pitches, um, and we, we, you know, we do have a really young team, and when the pitches are really bad, it can be quite a leveller. And then, you know, kind of the physicality um, becomes more prominent, and, and that was the case in the games um, when it was really difficult to get playing football on the pitch. The, the size and experience of the other teams counted, but performances have been good. Um, Saturday, we we lost one nil to the team to Berkhamsted, who are who are top of the league, and again, it was a really positive performance we do need to start obviously putting them um, putting results to the performances but I'm really positive from the moment um, I remember the first training session um, the first couple of training sessions and you know a lot of turnover possession a lot of transition in the training and we didn't keep hold of the ball particularly well and I mean the, the difference in the training now and, and I think you know we're, the difference in the in the performances the, the way we're playing on the pitch it's only a matter of time. I, I really think we again we'll we'll get onto a winning run soon because performances have been good and if we perform like we have been, like we did on Saturday, we'll we'll certainly win games. So it's um I think it's exciting. It's like I mentioned before, it's given me a really good 
um, idea of what needs to what we need to be successful next season. But I mean, already there's a decent bunch of players at the club, um, so I think we'll be all right. I know it's very frustrating, you know, because um, a lot of people will be looking at results from the outside and not seeing the performances and. I find it difficult. I'm the most impatient person in the world. I want to be winning every game, but um, I also understand that there's a process to to everything, and uh, you know we 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 have to be patient with the results. But that's not being you know waiting around for for results to come. It's knowing that we have to keep working hard and trying and maintain all the standards that we've we've set, and uh, and and ultimately the the results will come as well. But at the moment it's a little bit frustrating, but I'm. I'm sure they'll come. Like I see enough in in the lads and the performances, so I'm I'm still excited for it. In terms of plans for next season, when do you start talking to Cambridge United again about these the four young players that are at St Nits and what their future holds? Uh, I guess in the short term for next season, whether they'll be back at St Nits and also the long term in the Cambridge United first team. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing about we we know that we have five loans for St Nits next season, and we also will sign up to five players on St. Neath's contracts, but we'll be on a Cambridge United programme. Um, we don't know the players exactly yet because if they come back in pre-season um, and do really well, we hope Mark um, will take them in the first team. And that would be brilliant. So we don't know the exact players at this moment in time, but we certainly have a, we have an idea of who'll, uh, who'll step up as loans, as potential sign-ins. Um, I've also spoke about the importance of uh, of signing some experience around them because I've I've seen that now firsthand with the games where we have actually dominated quite a lot of the games with the ball, um, but we don't have that physicality. You know, we we have to work really hard to get the ball up the pitch because we don't have physical presence. We don't have a um, you know a big striker that we can um, go a little bit more direct to. So you know, like I say, we work really hard getting the ball up the pitch. And then they'll we'll have a shot go as wide. They take a goal kick. They boom it long to the edge of our box, and it stays there because they've got big size in the team. So we probably could do with an experienced um, three or four throughout the team to help the young players. I think that would be really really valuable for for the young ones. Um, so we do have an idea of of um, the players, um, although not 100% sure yet of the Cambridge ones coming in. But again, this time's given me an idea about training programmes for them, um, little details about how I want things to look with, um, with things at St. Nate's. Um, the pitch, the pitch is going to be better for next season. There'll be far less games played on it, which will help us as well with the way we want to play. So um, loads of things in place, really exciting stuff. Um, and even in the short term, the lads that have been there, that you mentioned the four of them. I mean, unfortunately, Joe Neal, we haven't had the benefit of him because he's picked up a fairly serious injury and, and won't play um, again this season. But the other, the three have been have been brilliant, and it's been really great for them. Finnaire um, goal has been really solid for us, and I mean, he he's had loans out in men's football already and done well. But it's the first taste for Lewis Simbra and uh, Tom Dickens, and they've both been. They've both been great. Um, I think Lewis Simper has been our man of the match in the last three games. So he's getting, you know, exposure to, you know, maybe some bigger, stronger men kicking him. But he still takes the ball around them all the time. So uh, he's he's done great. I can't speak highly enough of, of Lewis. I think he's going to be a real star in the future for the club. Um, so even in this short term, whilst results haven't been great, we've uh, the, the players have really got a benefit from it. 
Um, and then next season, I really think we're going to compete at the top of the division. So um, it's, it's exciting stuff. The Cambridgeshire Midweek Football Show on Cambridge 105 Radio with the Cambridgeshire Football Association, promoting football at all levels across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Let's talk Cambridge City now then. And they drew 0-0 with Mullen and Tiptree last night, ending their six-game winning streak. But it did has now meant they've gone seven games unbeaten. It's not a bad thing. And they've also kept seven clean sheets in the process. To discuss all of that, midfielder Tom Wood joins me on the line now. Thanks for coming on the show, Tom. No problem. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. You? Good, yeah, all good, thanks. Good. Uh, another point last night, Tom, a nil-nil draw against Molden Tiptree. I imagine from your point of view against the, the league leaders, it was a very valuable point. Yes, definitely. We knew it was going to be a, a, a test for us to see how far we've come over the last six weeks um, or so. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a test. You can see why they're, they're top of the table by, by a country mile. Um, but loads of positives for us to take from the game. I think the last time we spoke was the 2-0 win over Brentwood, which made it five wins on the bounce you made it six wins and then the draw last night seven games unbeaten now but seven clean sheets that is incredible people will just look at that and say how have you managed how have you managed that yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a statement um we're we're really getting to a point now where we we really don't want to concede a goal um we're throwing bodies on the line we're holding real good defensive shape um and even from midfield to, to strikers everyone's uh singing off the same same sheet and we're really really working well as a team and a, a solid defensive unit we also spoke last time you were on about the the games coming up and, and against tough op, tough opposition as well Haybridge Swifts and Molden and Tiptree the last two matches sides at the the top of the table you got a a one nil win over Haybridge Swifts a very good win of course the point last night where does this run this run of form place it in the league Tom because obviously you had a, a poor start to the season which means you're really probably now not not well possibly not going to be in playoff contention maybe we don't know but does does this run of form show that you really are able to mix it with the best teams in the league definitely um, the last two games as I said it, it's a test to see how far we've come um, and if we could mix it with uh, the high flies in the league and I think we've definitely done that over the last two games um, we've showed exactly what we're about um, a strong defensive unit um, one of the, the Holbridge fans touched on it the other night on social media he said we were one of the, the hardest working teams he's, he's seen all season and that's just credit to the boys we're, we're all working for each other um, all pulling in the same direction and it just shows you like the Haybridge game and the Morden game um, when we're really working hard and on our game everyone in form um, we could take on anyone You've overtaken your rivals, Histon, as well, and it's remarkable, really. We were saying on all of our football shows, really, what a brilliant season Histon have had and how really poor a season the City have had, and now you've overtaken them. It probably teaches us a lesson not to make judgments until the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, very happy with that. It's always nice to um, to look at the table and, and, and see, see a, a refreshing outcome. But, yeah, overall, I just think... The, the last few weeks, we haven't really been looking at league tables. We've been focusing on, on us as a team and what we can improve on week in, week out. Um, we're working really hard in training. Um, we're keeping the boys together um, three times a week. We're not having any days off. Um, and it's, it's starting to show in our results. 11 points off the playoffs in the Ismu North Division. A game in hand. Is it possible, Tom? I, I, I believe so. <laughs> um, I, I do think so. I think we're... We're going strong. We've just got to keep keep playing each game, keep winning, um, keep the run going. 
And, uh, yeah, I, I do believe that we, we could have a positive outcome towards the end of the season. Well, Tom, thanks very much for joining me, mate, and wish you all the best for the weekend, and fingers crossed you can keep the unbeaten run going. Thank you very much. See you later. Cambridge 105 Radio. Your form has been something we've spoken to Lance about a lot in terms of the decision you might have to make yeah. next week when, when <laughs> Sam comes back off suspension. Yeah. What's your take on it? Because obviously you must be really, really want to push for a first new spot when Sam gets back. Well, then that's in Lance's. That's up to Lance, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I can't really say much on that. I'm just here to help him while Sam's out, and what will be will be. So. But what's it like in training with Sam? Because obviously he must know you're putting in some great performances as well. Do the two of you obviously get on, train well together as well? Yeah, we get, we get on. Yeah, it's good, it's good to have two keepers. It's a bit of competition. The max goal is better, I think. So it's only healthy competition. So And it must be a strange position because all season, whether you're, if you're, if you're a reserve keeper, you're sort of waiting in the wings and then you get called upon straight away and you have to deliver straight away. Well, I've, I've been out injured for a good four months, so... When I got the call, that was my first game back for four months, so that was a bit a bit daunting at first. Once you get into it, you know, it's, it's just one of those like riding a bike. Mm. And and they always say with keepers as well, it's that concentration element that the, you might not be tested, whether it be in a game for a long while, and then you have to pull off a save. And likewise, in your case, for a number of months, you'd have to play, mm. and you have to come straight back in. Yeah, I've, I mean, obviously, you need need that training for the sharpness, but it's just something that comes natural, I think. Mm. I mean, once you've done it for so long, like me, it just comes natural, I think, mate. <laughs> And from your point of view, if you end the season, obviously you'd like to have that, that number one check that goes about saying? That's up to the answer. I'm not really going <laughs> to speculate on that. I mean, obviously, don't get me wrong, I'd love to come and play him, but yeah. Sam's a brilliant keeper anyway if it doesn't happen. So. And what do you make the the two, the two centre-halves in front of you, Max York and James Chivers? James, last year, was perhaps playing a bit more on the right back, and but he's now come in uh, alongside Max this season when you switch to four at the back. And, and that partnership really seems to be blossoming. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think they're solid. I mean, they talk well, they're both covering well. No, it's, it's good to play with having them two in front of you, to be honest. And they often talk about confidence having a good goalkeeper behind you. Is it, is it likewise with two centre defenders oh, in front? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, that's massive. I mean, they're both brilliant in the air, both good on the ball. Yeah, no, it's, it's a big plus. Next five games are against sides below you in the table. I know you've had a really tricky run of fixtures yeah. against sides of both of you. Is it nice to sort of, obviously not relax because you'll still want to win them, but perhaps take a nice sigh of relief? Yeah, well, obviously every game's hard at this level, but... Pick up a couple of wins would be nice. I think we deserve it as well, so our fortune's got to change. And in front of you in the side as well, there's a number of young players coming on, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, Owen Mully, Lewis Malfi, Lawrence starting as well. What's your like with your role in the side as perhaps one of the more senior players? Do you feel like you have to, to nurture them to bring them on in the side? Yeah, I mean, they seem to have, just, they seem to have slotted straight in. I mean, they, they don't look out of place in training. They look really sharp, really energetic. And as you see when they come on, I think that they fit in nice and... They just sort of gel into the group, which is good. And for the end of the season, is it more about building long term for next year, or is it still about getting the results? Which, which one? Uh, a bit of both, I think. I'm mean, obviously we want a want a good finish. Of course, anyone does. We want to get some get some more points, some more wins on the board. But obviously, you've got to have an eye on next year as well. I think, especially with the youngsters coming through as well. So. Well, well done today, and all the best for next week. Thank you very much. Cambridge 105 Radio.